Good morning, everybody. How's it going? I'm glad to see everybody this morning. I hope everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful Sunday morning. I want to welcome you to our services this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. We're so glad that you chose to come worship with us this morning. Um, if you're a guest or a visitor with us for the first time, there are some cards in the pews that uh, we would just love to have some more information about you. That way we could get to know you a little better. And we're just glad you're here. I just have a few quick announcements as we get started. Um, I think, do you have any announcements? After, oh, well, there's a video. Okay. All right. So there's a video. But uh, before we start the video, a few quick announcements. Uh, don't forget, um, we have our breakfast uh, coming up this coming Saturday. It is our uh, first Saturday of the month uh, breakfast. Which the, the, the more and more the years go by, I say this over and over again. I said that first Saturday just comes around so quick, which is fine. It just seems like time flies. You know, when I was younger, it used to seem go, go by so slow, but now it goes by so fast. So, um, does it because I'm like, well, I said younger. I didn't say I was old. I don't claim to be, you know, but uh, I, I don't claim to be no 20 year old anymore either, David. So, so, but, um, so that's Saturday. Also, when you go to bed Saturday night, if you have, if you still have clocks in your house that need to be changed or alarm clocks, you need to make sure they fall back an hour. Because if not, you'll be, you'll be, hold on, you'll be early for church, so don't change your clocks. Wait a minute, we're, Ryan, don't let your mama change the clocks. <laughs> so, um, no, so don't forget to fall our clocks back next week. So, time changes. Um, also, next Sunday is our Veterans Recognition Service. It's the Sunday before Veterans Day. Uh, we're going to have our color guard here. We got some ROTC members, and they're going to help us with the color guard. So, don't forget about that. Uh, I did forget to announce something on Saturday after breakfast. Um, you kids, anybody who wants to help, when breakfast is done and cleaned up, we're gonna move. We're gonna go over to the youth building and we're gonna start cleaning up, which was something we had planned for last month. But uh, you know, there were other plans in place, and it didn't happen to some things that were going on in church that were out of our control. But it will happen this this coming Saturday. We're gonna we're going to clean up really good. We're gonna eat lunch. Gonna hang out a little bit, and then we're gonna go axe throwing. Uh, I'm gonna have some more information about the axe throwing Wednesday for the kids who come, just to remind everybody. And um, it's in Lawndale, but it, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, just don't forget about our Wednesday night services. Uh, if you're not coming out to those, we'll invite you to come out or join us online. I don't have any more announcements. So there's a video. All right. So if you'll focus on the video and have a good service. Oh wait a minute. Okay, right after church, Baptist men, uh, we're going to they're going to meet up front, right? Right after church, so don't so that is the last that is the last announcement. At this point, focus on God, focus on the video. So.
I was just running by myself and I found like a Samaritan, I'm gonna say. He took me to the um, orphanage home where all that children is and life was really hard for me at that time because I was thinking I lost my family. My name is Marvelous Wikoni and I was born in Central Africa. I was living with my family, they were all Christian and we usually live in the northern part of the country where there was a lot of religious conflict and eventually run for our life to escape death. Churches were burned down. Hospitals were burned down. People were killed. During that time, my dad tried, okay, I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna take you all back to the South. That was when they found like a gun on us. And during that time, my dad came out from the bus and opened and we all, we all ran, started shooting, shooting gun on us. My, my dad tried to get me like, but they couldn't get me at that time. So that was how we separated. When the conflict ended, they took all the children staying in the orphanage home back to the south. Glory be to God, that's where I found my family. My mom ran towards me and she gave me a hug and kisses and she said, Marvelous, my heart was burning. I couldn't sleep at night. I always think of your name, Marvelous. I thought I had lost you and thank God I found you again. So during that time, life was really hard because my dad has no job again. My dad couldn't provide for us to go to school. We couldn't barely afford buying food to eat. So it was a struggle every single day of our life. But my family, the only thing my mom told me, she was really content and trusted that God is going to provide no matter what. One day, when I was about eight years old, my family went to church. As we got to the end of the service, we were asked to stay after the service that they are a special gift for all the children. So when they called my name to receive my bus, I was so excited because I don't know what was, what was in the bus. What he shared that day had an impact in me and reminded me that God loves me a lot. I realized that God never leaves his children suffering. Just as he hears the cries of the Israelites suffering, he also hears the cries of his children whenever they call his name. So finally we got home and the first thing I did was to open my bus. I was so excited when I saw in my shoebox a book, a pen, colors, and toys, and a special note from one of the families saying, God loves you no matter what you go through in life. And this tells me that no matter where you are, no matter even where you live, God is always there for you. This book and colors gave me hope because I told my mom, if God could send me this precious box, it could provide for us to go to school. And God indeed made a way for us to start school. This made me feel loved by God and other people across the world. God is using people to do great things to other kids around the world. So after I came to the United States in 2017, I lived with a foster family and our church volunteered to process shoeboxes in the shallow processing center. This was really a great time, seeing everyone. And I could see the smile on their face. This was a time I joined this great ministry to see other children's life change just like mine. We wanted to show this uh, video this morning, especially 
because I met this boy, marvelous uh, Akoni, in Hendersonville. And uh, not only that, but he goes to Belmont Abbey School, uh, college, excuse me. And uh, I just thought it was great to meet somebody that our shoeboxes had impacted. And uh, I wanted y'all to see this, to know that uh, this does affect the children that receive it and their families. And uh, that video reminded me so much of uh, David and Nancy's ministry and the children that they uh, do too and that they give things to. So whatever we can do to help uh, spread the word of God and to affect these children and their family, then um, we need to try to do that. At the end of the service today, we will have out in the vestibule some... Um, shoe boxes and some things. If you would like to pack a shoe box, we have you a box from Samaritan's Purse. Just stop out there and take it. Thank you. And with that, our shoe box dedication day will be the 14th of November. Not next week, but the week after, where we will pray over those boxes before we go on the 29th to the processing center and take our boxes to pack them into bigger boxes to put on semi-trucks to go to the airport to go out all over the world. I want to say thank you for being here this morning. If you are visiting with us for the very first time, please take a moment to fill out a visitor's card and just stop by the Welcome Center on your way out and, and give that to us. We just want to have a record of your attendance and see if there's anything that we can do for you, any needs that you have that we can help try to meet and pray for you. So just do that, please. And also, those of you that are watching online, if you could just drop us a comment and let us know that you're watching. If you're first time watching us, just let us know where you are. And also, I want to say a personal thanks to everyone that helped bring candy, everyone that took the time and the money and the energy to come out and help us last night with our trunk or treat. Chad says that he believes that we had 130 children come through because he did 120 bags and there was 10 more that didn't get bags that he, he talked to. But I think that we had probably more than that because I think there were some people that sneaked by um, and came in and came out and didn't go to all the tables. But uh, it was an incredible opportunity to show the love of Christ to those in our community. I can't tell you how many people said thank you for doing this. Um, that came by the table where Chris and I were, were doing popcorn and cotton candy. And uh, just thank you so much for working and helping to show the love of Christ in our community. And our prayer is that through that, that someone will come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior because of the kindness and the, and, and the generosity of our people. So thank you very much for that. But as we start our time together, we are now starting our worship time now is the time that we put aside the business, we put aside the announcements, we put aside all our cares, and we focus on the reason that we're here. And we are here this morning to worship and to praise our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
So as we start our time together, please allow me to lead us in prayer as we start this time. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you, praising you for the fact that we can come into your very presence. Dear Lord, it is hard. If we wanted to talk to the President of the United States right now, there is no way in the world we could get to hold of him. If we wanted to talk to the Queen of England, we wouldn't be allowed to even get close enough to talk. But dear Lord, we are able to come before God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, our creator, and all because we have been adopted into your family through the blood of Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, we praise you for that. Dear Lord, right now within our congregation, we have people that are grieving. People that are dealing with sickness, with health issues, some that are awaiting surgery, and some that are recovering from surgery. Dear Lord, we have those that are in financial need, and we have those that are not sure about what they're going to do next. But dear Lord, right now, we're going to take all of those and we're going to lay them at your feet because while we may not know what to do, we may not know what to say, dear Lord, you know all things. And you're the one that can take these things and turn them into something good. And dear Lord, we do that right now. I also pray for those that are in attendance today and those watching online, dear Lord, please open our hearts, open our ears so that that we will not just hear what is being said and what is being sung, but that we will apply it to our lives and we will allow the spirit to use it to draw us closer to you. Dear Lord, we thank you for what you're already done. We thank you for what you're doing right now and what you will do in the future. Because you tell us that you have a plan for us. And it's a plan to prosper us. Dear Lord, may we truly, honestly, seek your face in all that we do. And dear Lord, above all, allow us to be your witnesses that everyone that we come in contact will see Jesus Christ all over us and that we will have a part in people coming to know you as their personal Savior. Allow us to be ambassadors of the gospel. And may you take all that is said, sung, and thought today during this time and may it be a praise and honor to you And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. We do have another announcement. I'm going to ask Nick Barcher and Janie Kinder if y'all will come up and make your announcements. Good morning. 
When I was asked a few uh, weeks ago to say a few words about Pastor um, Artie for uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, I started to write a few things down. <laughs> Actually, it was Bruce who asked that I do this. Miss him. Well, by now, most of you have heard the story of why Jim and I joined Crestview Baptist Church. It was all about the food. The <laughs> <laughs> the potluck to celebrate church events, Lottie Moon, the soup caroling suppers, true, so true. But one of the real reasons we decided to join this church was the pastor, Pastor Artie. Artie's love for this church is evident everywhere. It is evident in his sermons every week. He gives us food for thought as he challenges us to grow in Jesus. It's evident when he is calling on church members to make sure they are okay. Artie is always available to listen and give guidance when needed, always willing to help when there is a need. This is who you are, Artie. You are our spiritual leader, our shepherd, if you will. Artie provides spiritual guidance to our church. I looked up spiritual leader in the dictionary. Okay, I Googled it. The characteristics of a leader are have integrity, check. Are honest, check. A genuine care for others, check. This is our pastor. Artie, we are blessed to call you pastor. We are blessed to have you shepherd us as we go through this journey that we call life. We appreciate you this month and every month of the year. Thank you, Artie. You are loved. No, you're going to say something. Just a minute. Okay, hold on. So, yeah, we wanted to get up here and just say how much we appreciate Pastor Chad. You're ready. Good. Pastor Chad. Um, so if you don't know, my four oldest are saved uh, or, and, and have made public confessions of faith. So, and three of those were here, and Chad helped then make that decision, and then baptize those three. And so that, that means a, just more than I can express. And here are the three left, but I want them to say who their favorite person at church is. Who's your favorite person, Susie? Mr. Chad. Yeah? All right. Charlie? Mr. Chad. Yeah, okay. Teddy? Mr. Chad. Yeah. And if you don't know, well, I don't know how you would, but Teddy pretty much every day tells me about how much he loves Mr. Chad and can't wait to come to church to see Mr. Chad. And we're just thankful they've got a, a good shepherd there uh, helping lead their hearts to the right place and modeling behaviors like, you know, letting the joy of their salvation show through. I think Chad does an excellent job of that. And I just think he does an excellent job of guiding their hearts and helping their light, God's light, shine out from them. So, um, kiddos, do you love Mr. Chad? Yeah. Go give him a hug right now. And I'm going to lead us maybe in a prayer here uh, on our appreciation of both our pastors. 
All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the leaders that you've blessed this church with, these shepherds that are helping guide your flock and leading new sheep, finding more lost sheep and, and helping to bring them into the fold. Lord, we just ask that you would bless them, bless this church, and continue, help us continue your ministry. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In our Sunday school class, we were discussing the definition of being blessed. And too often, we uh, consider the material things as being blessed. So we can really say this church is blessed with our pastors. We do thank you. We do appreciate you. So often we forget that they're human uh, and that they share a lot of the same pains that we go through. And so while they're suffering their own sickness and grief, they're having to shepherd us during our times as well. So continue to pray for them. Let them know how much they are appreciated. I've heard that it is said, you can forget seven compliments by one negative remark. And so often, that's what we remember are those negative remarks. But guys, you don't know how people are talking about you behind your back. They are saying some good things. So thank you. We do love you. Let us stand as we sing our uh, call to worship, number 139. We will sing the first and the last verses at the cross. I was going to be able to get up here after that, but I'm glad, I'm excited because I haven't got to do this in a couple weeks. Can I have the kids come down front? All right, guys, who has gone to a store this weekend, whether it be a Walmart or you have, okay, so...
And Mr. Artie ran into this problem, I think. We were going to get some extra candy. And we go to the store to get candy. And what's all over the store? It's the day before, the day before Halloween. What was all over the store already, Mr. Artie? Christmas stuff. And I asked Miss Laura last night over here, I said, is it okay if we put our Christmas tree up Monday? And she told me no. And so that's actually what I want to talk about because we move straight into Christmas. It is the last day of October, and that means that tomorrow is the first day of November. But we forget sometimes that there is a special day in November. Do you know what that is? Thanksgiving, and it seems like we want to forget that day and move on to Christmas. Why do you think stores like to do that? Do you think stores make more money off of Christmas or Thanksgiving? Christmas, that's right. These stores are ready to get out there and get that money made and get that stuff sold. But I want to tell you something. Thanksgiving is a very, very important time of the year. We are supposed to be thankful for what God does for us every single day. Did you know that? But we are supposed to be especially thankful during this month of November when we get to spend time with our family and share thanks around the tables and tell everybody what we're thankful for. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Thanksgiving and what we're thankful for when we get to Children's Church. But what I want to encourage you guys to do, and I want to encourage everyone in here to do, is take a special time this month of November and just be very, very real in expressing to others and to God what we're thankful for. It's easy to get caught up in the Christmas season, and Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. But Thanksgiving is meant to be a wonderful time of the year. So enjoy this month with your friends and your family as you express your thanksgiving to God for all the wonderful things you have around us. And I'm going to share one verse that says it all right here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses, verse 15, the last verse in chapter 9, it says, Thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift. Be thankful for all the things we have. But most of all, we're thankful for, us, for his sin and his son to live and die on a cross so we could be forgiven for our sins. A gift that we can't describe in words and we can't put any money value to it. It's just so amazing. Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. And Miss Kayla Lee is going to lead us and going to meet you guys in the back, I think. Oh, no, she's going to wait. She said she wanted to help. She's going to come after choir. Sorry. I'm, so Mr. David Lee will meet you guys in the back, and we're going to walk out, okay? So let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the love that you give us. And help us as we go through this month of November to be thankful not just this month, but every day and every month for all the wonderful gifts you give us. But help us to especially be thankful this month. All we ask in your name, amen. All right, guys, go back this way.
Whew. A lot of times you pastors are told they're preaching to the choir. But church, we just got preached to by the choir. Aren't you glad it is finished? What an appropriate song for, uh, for the sermon today. The title of the sermon today is Actively Waiting. And I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 30. We're going to be looking at verses 29 through 31. So if you don't have your Bible, it's going to be on your bulletin as well as on the screen. But if you would stand as I read God's word and what the prophet, of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah shares with us. See, he has spent the entire chapter, chapter 40, he is telling us how great and how big God is. And then these last few verses, he shares something very important to us. So this is what it says in verses 29 through 31. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly. Yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you once again, thanking you for what was recorded by Isaiah so many years ago. Speak to us today and show us how we can apply these facts to our lives so that we may walk, run, and soar in your name. And it is in the name of our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. So, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? The first thing we have to realize is that waiting is not a passive exercise. You see, we tell children to, to wait. What do we mean by that? We mean for them to sit down, be quiet, and just be still. Don't we? Doesn't happen that way, but that's what we expect out of them. We have misconstrued the idea of waiting on the Lord, and we think that it means that we just stop. See, there has been points in my life personally that I have just stopped moving waiting for God to literally just drop something in my lap. There have been times that we have done that in our church life. There have been times that we knew exactly what it was God wanted us to do, and instead of moving forward, waiting on God to provide the means, we just stopped. 
And I'm not, I'm not telling them it's truth. That's exactly what's happened. That's exactly what we did. What we have to understand is that when we say we're waiting on the Lord, it is not a passive exercise. We are not stopping. What it does mean is that we patient, we're patient, obedient, and confident trust in the Lord and a faithful expectation that God will fulfill His promises and these things, that obedience, that patience, that confident trust, and the expectations, those are all keys in waiting on the Lord. You see, in Acts chapter 1, after Jesus promises the disciples, and it wasn't just the 12, there was about 110, 120 of them that were surrounding him. And he says that you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And after he tells them that, he tells them something. He says, go back to Jerusalem and wait. So they just stood there gazing and then angels showed up and said, what are you still doing here? Get going and doing what he told you to do. And they went back to the upper room and they were gathered together and they were there and they were waiting on what was promised. But what did they do during that time? They just didn't sit there. They were praying together. They were asking for God's guidance and God's direction. They even selected another disciple to replace Judas. All while waiting there in Jerusalem. They were busy doing and moving and seeking and being obedient. And once they showed that they were actively waiting, they were, they were sitting there being active while they were waiting on God to fulfill His promises with all expectations that He would. On the day of Pentecost, the promise showed up. And they received the Holy Spirit and thousands of people came to know Christ as their Savior because of their obedient expectations and sitting still and waiting for God. And waiting on the Lord means that we are actively seeking Him, relying on Him, and living for Him. Again, it does not mean that we are sitting down doing nothing, expecting God to just drop it in our laps. So why should we wait on the Lord? Look at verses 29 and 30. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. He gives us strength when we admit that we are too weak and weary to continue on our own. I don't know about you, but I get tired. Sandra said that we deal, as, as staff people, we deal with the same pains and grief and sorrows and problems that we all deal from, and it is true. 
And thank God that there's even recorded in Scripture where those men of God, his prophets, got tired and they got worn down. Elijah basically went and hid in a cave after having this incredible experience where God showed up and showed out on Mount Carmel. And Elijah went and hid in a cave because, he, because I, it, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And he ran and hid because of one woman. And he whines and complains and cries to God. But God got him to a point where he, he realized that the strength that he acted in was not his own. And when we get to that point where we admit we can't do it on our own and we depend on God, He gives us the strength to endure. He gives us the strength to get through the things that we can't do on our own. And then it says that He gives us power when we admit that we're not strong enough to do it on our own. Listen, there's some things that God's going to ask you to do. That it's going to stretch you. And you're not going to think that there is any possible way that you could do it. And when we try to do it, we try to do it in our own strength and we fall flat. It's not going to happen. But when we admit that we can't do it on our own, that we're not strong enough to do it on our own, God promises us that He will give us the power when we don't have the strength to continue. But also because when we do get the big head and we think that we are strong enough and that we have the power to do things in our own might, that verse 30 tells us that even though youth, they have the vitality, they have the strength, they have the energy, they are going to grow tired and weary. And even though they think that they can do things on their own and they're invincible, they're going to stumble badly. Those that think that they can do it in their own might, in their own strength, they're going to fail. And they are going to fail miserably. Church, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I couldn't do this without God. There is no possible way that I could get through this life without God. And you may say, how do you know that? Because I tried. And I was miserable and I made everybody around me miserable. We can't do it. So what happens when we actively wait on the Lord? What happens? This is one thing I love about how what God does with the Bible. 
Because we're going to look at verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament and how they fit together like a glove. See, Isaiah tells us, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So let's look at four things here. The first, we will continue to have strength or have His strength renewed in us. It's not our strength. It's His strength in us that enables us to do that. And it's going to be constantly renewed. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And He said, or He has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. When we wait among, uh, for the Lord, He will give us the strength fresh and reoccurring every single day. It's not a one-time recharge. It is every time we need that strength, we're going to have it. But we have to actively wait on God. We can't sit back and say, well, I don't have the strength or the energy to do this, so I'm, not just, I'm just not going to do anything. It is, you go ahead and move and start it, and God's going to show up and He's going to give you more than you ever expected. But it's going to take an act on our part. We're going to have to move. The second thing is this. He says, we will rise or rise up on wings as eagles or mount up on wings as eagles. He will rise, we will rise above our pains, our fears, our problems and gain a heavenly perspective. See what it says here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. And raised us up with Him. And seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, Paul says that we have been raised up with Him. And we have been seated with Him in heavenly places. Well, who's the Him he's talking about? Jesus Christ. You see, once we accept Christ, we become part of God's family. And Paul says that we have been seated with Christ. Where, where is Christ seated? On the right hand of the Father. When we accept Jesus Christ, we, begin, we have a, a new perspective. And when we wait on the Lord and we actively seek Him, we are actively, actively obedient to Him. He is going to give us a different perspective. When something happens in our life, we will look at it differently. And we will understand that God is working even in the bad things. And when we understand that God is still working and God is still alive and God still cares about us when we're going through those painful moments in our life, 
we will understand that God still loves us and God will enable us to see it through His eyes. And we will gain a heavenly perspective on all the ordinary things that we deal with. All the pains. Everything. And then he also says that we will run and not get tired. We will be able to run the race that He has laid before us. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Church, I'm going to tell you something. The race that Christ has laid before us is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And we're going to need to be dependent on Christ to get us through that race. This is not something that's, that's done just like that. It is something that's going to last us our entire life. And in order to reach to that finish line, we're going to need to depend on Him for the strength and the endurance to get us there. And we have to wait on the Lord to make it possible. And then he says that we will walk and not become weary. Now that may seem strange. First he talks about soaring, then he talks about running, now he's talking about walking. It seems a little backwards. Because we always say you've got to crawl before you walk. Well, I want you to understand something. It's not backwards at all. Because we have to first understand that we are gaining a new perspective on life. Paul says that old things have passed away. All things have become new. We are a new creature. So we gain a, a new perspective. We have to realize that He has a, a race laid out before us and that we have to run that race with everything that we've got depending on Him to get us to the end. But, we're, but at the same time, the only way we're going to be able to do that is by walking with the Lord. So look at this. We will be able to walk with Him without growing tired. Sometimes when we're walking with the Lord, we get tired. Even the, the, the poem, Footprints in the Sand, the author says that he looked back over his life and he could see two pair of footprints, but in the lowest parts of his life, there were always only one. And he was perplexed by that and he was troubled by that. And he's like, why did you disappear? Why did you leave me when I needed you the most? And Christ replied back, my dear child, I didn't leave you. It was during those times in your life that I was carrying you. We get tired. 
But it's only by waiting on the Lord that we're able to endure that. Look what it says in Colossians 2.6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So walk in Him. It doesn't say walk in Him until you get tired, does it? Walk with Him until it gets difficult. Is that what it says? No. So walk in Him. Church, the only way that we can do this, the only way is by being patient. By being obedient. By trusting Him. And expecting Him to do what He has promised to do. We can't be still. We can't be quiet. We can't stop moving. We can't stop living. Because when it says to wait upon the Lord, it means that we are actively seeking Him. That we are actively moving forward, trusting Him to do what He's promised us to do, that He would do. This verse, Isaiah 40, 31 is my, one of my most favorite verses. In fact, it's in the, on the wall in my office. But those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not become faint. Church, here is my question. Are you actively, actively waiting on the Lord to fulfill the promises in your life? Are you seeking Him in all aspects of your life? Are you being obedient to when He tells you to be still? Are you being obedient when He tells you to move? Are you trusting Him to give you the strength and the courage and the, the, the power to do what He has laid before us to do? There are many times that we sit still instead of moving when God tells us to move. But you know what? Sometimes God gives us that kick in the rear end to get us moving when we need it. But He's not going to let go of us and He's not going to let us just sit there. Please, I beg you, don't make God kick you in the rear end to get you moving. Because trust me, it's not a pleasant experience. Trust Him. Seek Him. Live for Him. If God is telling you to move today, 
Don't leave this place without moving. If He is telling you something that you need to do, whether it, 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 it is to accept Him as your personal Savior, whether it is to, to rededicate your life to Him, whether it's joining this church and, and becoming a part of this body of believers, or if it's getting on the phone and calling somebody and talking to them to, to, to fix a broken relationship, or even if it's coming and praying with somebody today before you leave, don't miss that opportunity. This is your time to do that right now. As we sing this song, this is your invitation to be obedient to God. Would you stand as we sing hymn 405, Have Faith in God, 405. Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have trod. Never alone are the least of his children. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches all his own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Thank you for being here today. Please seek to be obedient with God this week. Don't forget that we have our Wednesday night prayer meeting at six thirty. Youth and children at six thirty in the in the youth building. Then Saturday morning we have our breakfast. Don't forget unless you're late. Don't forget to set back your clock Saturday night. One hour. And don't forget that next Sunday is our, our recognition and appreciation for those that have served in our armed forces, our veteran recognition. So at this time, I'm going to ask our Deacon of the Week, Larry Hammond, if he would come forward and dismiss us in prayer. And thank you for being here. Father God, we come to you humbly, asking forgiveness for our many sins and our shortcomings. And thank you, Father, for the messages that you've given us today here in your house. And being thankful, remember the words that you gave Pastor Chad to remind us of just how much, how much we have to be thankful for. We were so thankful for our first defenders, our medical staff, firefighters, police officers, all our law enforcement, the militaries, so, so much. But more than anything, thank you, God, for being our protector. We ask it in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.